Welcome to the last uh, February edition of the PFF forecast. It is the 27th of February, uh, the eve of the combine, combine week. So we're going to talk a little bit about the combine, talk a little bit about free agents and um, some of the top uh, free agents and where we think they could end up um, as well. We have a ball sack or just whack, it's back. And we also have recommendations. Let's rock. probably start you made a good point here um it, we are trying to provide a little bit of uh you know if you want to you want to pay attention to football during this time uh we're here for you if you want to bet on some games or some things we're here for you uh but we recognize that obviously there are a lot of things going on in the world that uh are much much more important most notably the fact that the ukrainian people are fighting for their lives uh, against a uh, invasion that I think it's safe to say I don't think anyone in the world besides like one or two are uh, a proponent of. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really remarkable to see um, sort of how some of the events of the past couple of years have turned into this. But there's certainly um, an inspiration. I mean, the Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, has been extremely uh, and the people of Ukraine have been extremely um, mo yeah, they've provide a lot of motivation for me and uh they're the you know obviously there are thoughts and prayers are with them as as they uh, battle through this but uh they've been extremely inspirational i mean uh fighting back against a, a real threat here um has been a much a much more powerful nation yeah did you know um vladimir uh, Zelensky's background yeah it's he's a comedian he's, he's a, comedian. a comedian but he was literally on a television show in the ukraine playing the president of ukraine the year before he was nominated before yeah. he won the election with like a 78 percent um, i don't really want to get share. political but i do think comedians would be make good politicians because they understand sort of like i think like john stewart would make a good president don't you think he kind of understands some of the yeah i don't want to get too um like i know what makes a good politician but i'll say this about um comedians which i did not realize but i think speaks to your point the way that a good comedian becomes you know the way that they get their um their stand-up routine or they figure yeah. out what's funny is a process of like repeated trying things out yeah it's a process that i think lends itself to like improvement and that's all you can really ask for in someone when they show up to the White Well, there's, there's a lot of, well, I, I think what people don't understand, and like this is going to be my recommendation because I'm actually going to promote another Oh, uh, you're going to give your recommendation at the beginning. Okay. No, I'll, I'll talk about it at the end. But yeah. like when a, when a comedian, like, so what's interesting is like oftentimes we, we formulate these big grand opinions of things. And football is like this too, right? Um, we, we formulate these big grand opinions of things and we, we, we stick to our priors. We stick to our priors. And like what I think is like, hopefully a cornerstone of what we're doing we'll talk about this with projections is like look i i didn't have a great projection of the ram rams this year well they won the super bowl okay we'll now take a step back and look and try to refine which the way you view the world mm -hmm. um you know josh allen's provided that for us um other people you know have have been great players and we projected them to be great players um so I think comedians are special in this way of like, they literally go to places like the comedy cellar, the comedy store every freaking night and they try the same Grind joke and then they real, they, they get feedback from the crowd. And that's how, when you look at like an hour of comedy, that's the process of hundreds, if not thousands of hours of comedy everywhere else. And I feel like when we think about our football opinions and we think about sort of, you know, where we, where we're coming up with our thoughts based upon data, it's coming from the hundreds of thousands of data points that consistently refine our opinions. So it's very similar in that way. And that's why I think like folks like comedians, like end up with great opinions. The other one is, is like oftentimes comedy is born out of, you know, things like depression and stuff like that. And I feel like people who have gone through that kind of stuff have more humility and have more empathy than maybe the average person does. I, so I, I it, it does not surprise me how well he's handled this um, just given his background. Yeah. 
um yes he has acted acted um very admirably i will say that uh there are some interesting responses from people uh who have no idea what they're talking <laughs> yeah. about the funniest one that i saw i don't remember who this is oh but, i have a, i have a few in in ball sack or just okay. wax so don't don't ruin it well i won't ruin it but a woman uh who like apparently was an actress of some kind uh, wrote a poem to nice. vladimir putin about how if she were putin's mother this might not have happened because like oh she, i saw that do you see that yeah Talk about taking yourself a little too seriously. This is sort of like the baby Hitler thing, right? Where like yeah, if, if you yeah. could kill baby Hitler, would you? And it's like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was, so this gets into a sporting event that happened today. Um, Chelsea Football Club, which is owned by Roman Abramovich, who uh, is a noted uh, Vladimir Putin supporter. Uh, and obviously his success has come thanks to a lot of what Russia has allowed him to do. And he, he's a like oil oligarch, basically. Um, came up with a statement. He owns Chelsea and came up with a statement that he was handing over stewardship of the club to its like trustees. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, what a saint. Like guy putting the football club first. Like I went and read the replies to this and it was like all these Chelsea fans like this guy cares about our club. He cares so much about the football team. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. The guy is trying to like avoid, he's, he's basically going, this is what I thought it was like. It was like, hey, I stole this really nice car. Do you, would you mind like putting it in your garage for a little bit? The police are out and I just want to, I'm going to go on vacation. Yeah, You're going to yeah. put this in your garage. And if they come by, just, you know, pretend yeah. the garage All is vibes. full of flowers. Right? All vibes. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that, that was interesting. And again, like it, it's one of those where, you know, we don't, again, like I, I don't, there, there are basics of what's happened in this region over the last, you know, when was Trump, like three, four years ago. But like, even at the same time, like the, the hard part about this and, and what I feel like is a triumph in the, U, is in the, U, in Ukraine. And maybe this can be a, a lesson to us in the States is like, instead of fighting and fight, fighting imaginary battles amongst themselves, they've bandied together and fought a battle against a real well they have no choice yeah i mean and again but like right. we had no choice with 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 some things in the in the past and like i i feel like that to me is the again it's born out of horribleness but it's like one of the more uplifting things i've seen in a while and like i i don't think that that uh, should be lost on anybody uh before we get rolling here a reminder that you can get 25 percent off any pff subscription with the promo code forecast f-r-e-c-a-s-t you can get an Edge subscription, $40 a year, uh, which includes all of PFF's great locked article content, the NFL draft guide, the 2022 free agency rankings, which obviously are very important as we roll into free agency, uh, and of course, data and grades for the entire 2021 season and beyond, obviously going through next year. If you want a little bit more, get an elite subscription, which gives you all of the great betting tools uh, rolling into next year, you will want to use them. So promo code forecast f-o-r-e-c-a-s-t for 25 percent off um okay some interesting football news here that uh i wanted to get your take on um sean mcfay reportedly turned down five years 100 million dollars to call football games would you have made that same move i'd like to think i would have made the same move if my conviction was that but oh, man. like you've won a super bowl been to, been, to an been to two of them turn around like think about this like this is this is the crazy thing so everybody makes fun of jeff fisher and and like i think understandably so mm -hmm. but the rams prior to jeff fisher had one of the worst stretches of football in the, since the merger mm -hmm. fisher goes in there goes eight and eight a bunch of times seven and nine seven eight and one all this stuff gets them to four and twelve mcveigh takes over and they're nine and seven or better playoffs are better in all but one year and they go to two Super Bowls, with one with Jared Goff, and they win a Super Bowl with a Matthew Stafford who, you know, led the league in interceptions. Stafford, don't say anything bad about Stafford. Like, Come like, on, no, I, I'm not trying. I'm not trying uh. to. I'm not trying to rip Stafford in any sense other than McVay has taken two men to a Super Bowl, both of whom are probably not making it to a Super Bowl without him. Context. Exactly. Yep. So you are. Is he any more on the pinnacle of his profession, or does he see it? Does he see it a different way? Does he see it as the the great? Like, think about this. Like, 
Chris is like an, the OG now as far as like color guys in football. Like, and I don't Paul's even think with, it's yeah. close. It's even close. And you know, Chris doesn't look like he's going to retire anytime soon. But like, that's a spot that might open up in five years or something, ten years. And then you know, Aikman and Buck, like they're they're replacing somebody. So that's opening up a spot. We've seen Jason Witten fail at that spot. We've seen Lewis Riddick fail at that spot. We've seen. Uh, you know, we've seen Brian Greasy fail at that spot. If you're McVay and you're thinking, like five years from now, the money might be even better. You know what I'm saying? Well, and like that's I, so I don't think he's, so. That's the point. Yeah, I is, don't think he's turning it down for good. You could um, you could go into that role anytime you want. Like I don't think there's this going to be boom of people who are taking over. There's a real dearth of talent for both play-by-play and color guys. So. I respect it. I'll also say this. You know what it tells me? Stan Kroenke is a very rich man. Yeah. The NFL coach not only does not fit into the salary cap, right? He's going to get a big extension. But um, let's just say I wouldn't be surprised if Stan Kroenke uh, made sure that Sean McVay was very, very well compensated for mm-hmm. his efforts. Plus, it, I mean, it just, you know, if you're do, you're – going into the booth and then trying to come back into coaching that would be really that would be a struggle i mean you saw gruden try and do it oh gruden yeah it was not let's not call that a success eric um that was not a success gruden had personal failures that that was i i actually thought gruden did a good job in his second year with Mm -hmm. uh, did a great job yeah um (laughs) i i also think your point about like McVeigh is undoubtedly a better coach than he is a commentator. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, I, I agree. So, but the I think that the I think the issue is is he looks and says, okay, how many um how many coaches have successfully come out come back from the booth and had success? I mean, Dick Vermeil's won for sure. Dick Vermeil came back after like 15 years off or whatever, won a Super Bowl at the Rams, got the Chiefs to a few playoff berths. Yep. Um, Joe Gibbs didn't really have success when he came back, but he was off for a while. Like Joe Gibbs made the Hall of Fame. He was off for so long and then came back and coached again. But like the, it's few and far between. Gruden was – Gruden, I would say, from a coaching standpoint. Now, GM, terrible – but the coaching stuff, I thought, was a plus for the Raiders. Everything else was terrible. And so he sees that and says, okay, I, you know, maybe I'll, I'll string this out a little bit longer. And it's always going to be available to him. So I, I think, because the rumors were that, like, he would, and we talked about this on the show, where, like, the rumors were that the, that the, the work-life balance stuff was not something he wanted to right. handle. But, like, if you win a Super Bowl, are you allowed to change the work-life balance? Like, you can automatic. Like, I think after you win a Super Bowl, you could say, look, you guys don't have to be here fucking 80 hours a week anymore. Or you don't have to sleep at the office anymore. I think you can kind of direct some of that a little bit. And so if his problem was work-life balance, I think winning a Super Bowl can get him some cachet as far as changing that. Or even being, like, an example within the league and saying, look, like, I know you. I know you're spending ninety hours a week here, but we're twelve and five and Super Bowl champions, and you're fuck, you know four and thirteen and not. So, like, is there even something to that? Like, so I think he's earned himself some power, and I think that the I think he realizes that people are going to call football games forever, and he still is going to have that opportunity five years from now. What he needs is a helicopter to avoid L.A. traffic. That's probably why his work life balance isn't great. He's sitting in L.A. traffic sure, for a long time. Sure. Uh, the, let's move on to the combine here. So the combine is next week. What, um, what, if anything, are you looking forward to from a like betting perspective and a like league ramifications perspective, uh, about the combine? Cause to me, I gotta be honest with you, to me, the combine is a lot about like an opportunity for people in a non-stressful time of the year to come together, uh, and you know, chop it up. This sounds really bad, but like when you and I were starting out in our careers and we were like meeting with these teams and stuff, it was, it was instructive. I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, aside from like going to some of these press conferences and asking like questions, yeah, yeah, questions, which that's not really my skill set, And certainly I, I, I could, you know, ask questions, but I, I don't think they're going to affect the betting so much. I mean, for me, it's one thing it's like, in Indiana, 
betting's legal, so you can you have a lot of outs if you want to like bet things like forty yard dash time. Like I to me, that's like the from a degenerate standpoint. Like to me, if those markets are ubiquitous, I think there's going to be a lot of player props that you can bet mm-hmm. this next week. That'll be kind of fun. I've only seen them in a few places. Uh, do, or you like, any, do you have any idea what those like? Do you have a hypothesis around betting those markets? Uh, in my opinion, I think like you probably just have to have a bunch of outs and bet the ones like go, go down your list of how sharp the books are. So like, if it's like betonline.ag, that's sharper than my bookie. Right. So then if betonline.ag has, let's say Traylon Burks running like a four bet online, let's say has a four, four and my bookie is four five, I'd go to my bookie and bet under blindly. Right. Just because again, like you have, you get, you have some ideas there. Just like if I'm like, if I'm betting a WNBA game and somebody has Chicago sky plus three on pinnacle and I can get it for plus four on some offshore book, I'm going to take plus four because uh, of, of how sharp pinnacle can be. And I, it, that's a, you know, it, it, the, the, these books are differently sharp on different markets, but like generally speaking, there's like a continuum mm-hmm. of sharpness to me. That's how I go um the continuum of sharpness i like that yeah um that's kind of how i go um obviously in in some cases it's just going to be you know betting like i think the player props are going to start to emerge a little bit so right now for the most part on most books you have first overall pick which that's Mm kind of getting beaten into shape although uh the Iquanu guy is starting apparently there's been some big bets on him to go number one overall which is interesting um i have some on hutchinson and some on neil um and then quarterback, but then, and the quarterback market's going to be a lot different this year, unlike previous years where the quarterback market and the first overall market were the same market. Mm-hmm. Um, you have quarterback, but then you're, you're going to start to see some of the first markets, right? So first running back, first wide receiver, first old lineman, first D lineman, first linebacker, those kind of markets, if they come into shape while you're there and you start to see how people test, I, I think, you know, those markets are extremely soft so if it moves somewhere like FanDuel or DraftKings FanDuel I think is a little bit sharper sometimes in DraftKings depending upon the market if it moves on FanDuel then you can bet it on DraftKings mm-hmm. if it moves on DraftKings then you can bet it on my bookie mm-hmm. or something like that where you can kind of uh get ahead of things I mean my bookie is still offering Evan Neal plus 134 to be the first overall pick like that's 50 45 no yeah 45 cents better than what bet online is doing or you could have got him at nine to one. Uh, you could have got him at nine to one, but like, you know, when I got him at nine to one on, I think it was Barstool. Like the limits were twenty five dollars or something like that. Yeah. Now, like, I mean, you could bet five. Like, there's offshores where you could bet five hundred dollars on Neil to go first overall, and you know that's a, a much you know that's more money than betting him at nine to one. You know, yeah, when you did, but yeah, nothing like a great twenty five dollar limit. That's just comedic. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess one of my thoughts on betting some of the stuff at the combine obviously like the um the 40 yard dash is where people are going to want to bet and i'm trying to think if there's any anything that we can glean from maybe the past year the past couple of years that help inform that one hypothesis that i have is the combine is incentivized for people to run faster (laughs) right that helps people get excited about it So I'm not, and that's weird because normally I would think, look, people are going to want to bet under for the 40 yard dash. They want to see guys go fast. Um, And so I'm not sure which side I would normally go like, oh yeah, you should bet under because there's incentive there from the actual NFL combine to see some fast times. But that's also where I think the the public money would go. That said, you're not going to see a ton of, you know, public money on there. but that's something to monitor to like see as they're going like does it seem like the prices are just you know that the numbers are just being set too high or too low because i can't imagine there's that much information that people have around any of this stuff right like what yeah. am i going to do for these guys i mean like am i just going to watch their tape and be like this is how fast the guy was i think that there are probably some people who are going to use some stuff like like tracking data or or you know, th- that kind of thing. And they're going to um, be able to, yeah, you know, like let's say if they have zebra data from the from the pro days and stuff, they can sort of reverse engineer that. Um, but anything short of that, no. Now, I will say, and we do make this adjustment, we're going to talk about this when we talk about free agent 
uh, defensive linemen later, but we do like adjust pro days down because generally speaking, pro days have high have better numbers uh, numbers than than non pro days do. Shall but we, the combine does. Before we do, a uh, little reminder here: if you are looking to gamble in Indianapolis, perhaps or somewhere else that it is legal on any of the combine stuff, you should head to DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of both the NFL and the NBA. The NBA is good. In fact, today is a Sunday. There are a bunch of really good games on. Um, March Madness is right around the corner. So there'll be a ton of really good stuff to bet on. Plus, little Masters. I actually, um, we can do that at the end of the podcast today. I've got some Masters uh, research and I'll just start talking about it. But right now, new customers using promo code PFF bet $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's that freaking simple and if the sportsbook isn't available in your state you can still take a shot at a big payday using DraftKings thanks to the daily fantasy um, app that they have huge cash prizes available to win every single night so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code PFF bet just one dollar on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win the promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age 21 plus. Local requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, free agency here. And you wanted to focus on the defensive line uh, free agent class. Why is that? Well, we've we've talked. I mean, quarterback is going to be tough because it's you know mm-hmm. it, it, the dominoes have to fall first. Um, you know, wide receiver. We'll talk about. We talked about a little bit of that last time uh, in previous times. Running back. You know, don't make me say it. And then tight end, O line stuff. You know, it's kind of barren. Cornerback, linebacker. Like this is the place where I feel like there's like legitimate value to be had, but there. But a lot of players are kind of near. Like the, it's fun to discuss edge and, and defensive line because players that get to free agency at the position are generally speaking, they have questions about them. Mm-hmm. And so like every single one of these guys, and we're going to go by our rankings, uh, Brad Spielberger, you can find uh, them on PFF.com. PFF.com. Um, every single player here has some question marks, but every single player can add value um to the the team that's going to possibly uh acquire them so um just just to kind of look and and i'm going to actually use some of our projections so uh people don't know george and i uh r&d team built you know college pro projections for players we also have it pro to pro so you can sort of project von miller in, in a league average environment we also have a thing called combine score which um for those who don't sort of you sort of can't think through it we're trying to distill the combine scores to one number mm-hmm. for every single facet of play, which essentially what that means is using like some sort of principal component analysis to say how many standard deviations better than the average performer a player was. And so just to start here, our fourth most, uh, our fourth highest rated free agent is Von Miller. And, and this one's interesting because he has, you know, he's basically tied here. The, the person he's tied with will be, will, will uh, I think um, surprise you. But as he's 33 years old, mm-hmm. which is one thing. Like, sort of that that clouds it all, right? This is the one reason why he's might make free agencies. He's 33 years old, yep. but we have him projected next year as a 13.1 percent pressure rate, a 2.3 percent sack rate. His combine score is one of the best we've ever seen coming mm-hmm. out when he came out uh, in 2011 at 2.6. So he's 2.6 standard deviations better than the average athlete rushing the passer um, since we've started doing this in 2006. So that's our number one edge. Do you have any comments on that? I, yes. Do you think he stays in LA? Well, here's what I'll say about Von Miller. So overall last year, third highest graded edge defender. Now, got off to a little bit of a slow start in Denver. Had that slow year the year before. And the question was, is Von Miller, who's now 33 years old, is he cooked? Had uh, ranked just 22nd in, in uh, uh, 2019. And then obviously was injured, came back from injury. Um what I think is really interesting here is that we've seen continuously players at the edge rusher position, and this is borne out mathematically, can perform well into their their age. And one of the reasons for that is that technique and intelligence can really come into play. 
Von Miller, in addition to being an insane athlete, also is not like a guy with, he's not a one-trick pony, right? <clears throat> and so that would be the reason that I agree with you. I think he can provide a ton of value. The, I, I look across the NFL landscape and I, I just have a hard time finding a better place, a place that he would prefer to be over the Los Angeles Rams. And the question here is, can they figure out a way to make it work? Yeah, which is going to be the hard one. Um, the the interesting thing, we haven't talked about this, so coming up next week uh, at uh, in Boston is the, uh, it's the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. We will be presenting a paper there. One of the things that is cool is for edges, athleticism is important throughout the career, and there's good ways to measure it with tracking data that can kind of, you know, mm -hmm. encapsulate, um, you know, uh, things like how much has Miller improved or gotten worse since he first tested in 2011. Um, but yeah, I mean, edge players, they, they, they age pretty well, generally speaking, if they're already good, because it's a position where early on you win because of athleticism and later in your career, you, you win because of tact and you're almost, you're always going to have the athleticism mismatch over the player in front of you. The left tackle never is going to have the athleticism mismatch over you. So as you sort of age and mature, you, you who, sort of have that. And we should go after him other than the Rams. I, the, the, yeah. I mean, there are going to be teams that are going to be a little bit gun shy. Like, you know, Kansas city needs edge pressure, but like, they're not going to probably pay a, a huge sum to somebody after they're get, at, right after they cut Frank Clark, who's making a huge sum of money for them. Um, I think about a team like the Jets who, you know, they had Lawson. Yeah, let's just cut that right now. So, like, if you're Von Miller. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to the Jets. Uh, yeah. You're not going to the Seahawks. You're not going to one of these teams. You could go to, yeah. Not that good, right? I, I don't think so, and that's maybe why. But, you know, he could also go back to Denver. There's, like, there's a, a question about, you know, whether they can pay for him. Another I, team. I that hate that you brought that up because I was going <laughs> to say, like, Honestly, the team, the two, there are two teams that to me make some sense other than the Rams. And one of them is if Denver, you know, if Denver gets Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers and then it's like. That always used to happen in baseball though. Like a guy, like I remember Rick Aguilera got traded to the Red yeah, Sox, yeah, yeah. won a world, or like, you know, went, you know, went to the ALCS and went back to the Twins after a while. Yeah, yeah. But like, so here are the teams with the most cap space, by the way. We're just going to throw this out there. Dolphins, Jags, Chargers are an interesting one. I was um, Bengals, uh, like the Bengals right now are a team. Now I think everybody believes the Bengals are going to use their money on offensive line, as they should. But but the Bengals are a team, and we talked about right at the beginning of the segment. How did why did they get why did they get Trey Hendrickson right? Because they got Trey Hendrickson for less than market rate. Like they got him at sixteen yep. million or so. Well, it's because everybody was wondering whether Trey Hendrickson's production was a, f a function of Cam Jordan, yep. Marcus Davenport, all those guys. And obviously, he came out and. You know, showed everybody that was, you know, he had talent himself. Um, maybe the Bengals try to go in like that because the Bengals have like a ready-made secondary right now. They have to think about yeah. Jesse Bates, but like he I'll could just, go there and win. I'll just tell you right now, Von Miller is not coming to Cincinnati. You don't think he's he's gonna like? Yeah, that? I don't see an apartment here for um, for Von Miller. Okay, so but I think the Chargers are really interesting. Yeah, because you can um, play across from Bosa, and they they have a legitimate they have a a coach that he would like he's staying in los angeles clearly likes being in los angeles big shocker there um and uh would again have a chance to be competitive what's interesting to me now about von miller is having now won his second super bowl how much is this about joining a team that is there in the contention right 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 now mm -hmm. or a place that is close enough that he could be the kind of tipping point because i think that's how he yeah. feels about his time with the Rams, and he played amazingly yeah. down the stretch there. That, but, that's the thing, though. People say the cap doesn't matter, but I'm telling you this much right now. The Rams thing is going to be tough because yep. the reason he added so much value to the Rams was because they – so th this is how it worked. Like when Gilmore – when Stephon Gilmore went to the, the, the Panthers, the Panthers said, we'll pay all your money. Yep. We'll only give up a six. The Rams said, shit, we don't have any money, so we'll give you a second and third round pick so that you pay all this money. Now, the bill comes due eventually for a team like the Rams. Now, good for them. They, they cashed in and won a Super Bowl, and, and all the bets they made hit for the most part. 
but I don't necessarily know if that if he's he, he's a luxury item to them. They already paid Leonard Floyd what the sixteen million a year, right? Like I don't know and if I think he's that's the tricky thing. Yeah, and, and Donald, of course, and then Ashawn Robinson is a top player on the interior for them. So I I just don't know if he goes back to the Rams, a team that this is interesting. Like I think we've talked, and, and I don't know. I, I just again dark horses, Jaguars, right? Like. Eric, I hate to be this guy. If they give him like, a lot of money, get right? off the Jacksonville boat. If they, if they it's give a him... Florida team, but it's not the Jaguars. The Florida team to, is to the Dolphins? watch out for is the Dolphins. Yeah. If Deshaun Watson goes to the Dolphins, right. I think Von Miller to the Dolphins. Especially because is... our – I'll talk about this. Our fifth guy here is Manny Ogba, former Browns yes. draft pick, Chiefs player. He's had two pretty good seasons with the Dolphins. He's our fifth-rated edge in free agency. He actually is like – this is interesting because he was the 32nd pick in the draft when he came out. He actually has a negative athleticism score, which means like he's below average athlete mm-hmm. for the position. So they, they they probably do want to upgrade there, right? The Dolphins, great secondary. They got Javon Holland last draft. They have they have Jones, Igbenogany, uh, and obviously Xavier Howard. Um, their linebacking core is fine. They And they have Christian Wilkins, who's a very good interior defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. They don't have edge pressure, right? right? So, like, they could very much use Von Miller. The question, then, of course, for Von becomes: You're the third best team in that division. Quarterback position isn't really figured out. To your point, you have, probably have to go with Watson. All right, here's another one. Okay, this guy wanted out of Arizona before the year. Yep, had five sacks in Week One. Arizona wins, I believe, eleven games. Mm-hmm. Makes the playoffs for the first time since 2015. Chandler Jones makes the playoffs. This is the crazy thing. I remember back. When uh, Bill Belichick, remember when he was trading Jamie Collins and Chandler yeah, yeah. Jones and and uh, Richard Seymour and all this, and, and Chandler Jones, it was like a Pro Football Talk article that said Chandler Jones thanks Bill Belichick for not trading him to somewhere terrible, hmm. and it's like, well, actually, like you know, it shows you sort of the value of individual edge players on a team that doesn't have as much. But like the the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken, have like basically that was the first time he made the playoffs yeah. with them. Um, he now he's a free agent, um, 32 years old. We have him similar projections. He's a better, interestingly, so we talk about Miller, 13.1% pressure percentage, 2.3% sack percentage. Chandler's a little bit lower, 12.5 in the pressure, but 2% sack. He's somebody over time that has been reliably somebody who's gotten more sacks out of his pressures mm-hmm. than than most players, which will, will make him look not quite as good in our system, but uh, obviously sacks matter. And so where do you think he goes? I feel like he's more of somebody who... Less of an all-around guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of John Abraham, who was a Jet, mm-hmm. and then Falcon, who was kind of like a liability against the run, but a very good pass or pure yeah. pass rusher. At 32 years old, does he go somewhere and kind of take on a 40-snap-a-game role as opposed to being a, a – a- Yeah, and one of the questions I have for Chandler Jones is what is that relationship like with Arizona? Because this could be a situation where he goes somewhere – Maybe like the money that Arizona would offer him feels like a a jilt, but the, that money could be offered somewhere else, and he mm-hmm. could feel like emboldened by it, and like I'm going to take this and, right. and go prove everyone right. Um, so what's interesting though is Arizona without him would be him and what like JJ Watt, like you know they're really thin at edge if they don't go get if they don't keep Chandler Jones. So that is what's interesting to me. I think again. Arizona would be a place that would make sense for him to return to. Um, And again, I'll mention the Chargers and the Dolphins as teams that I think could be, could be really. Dolphins feel like a place where he could get a lot of sacks. That's kind of like a, remember how much, how how often they blitzed guys off the edge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jones might get a couple, Jones might be another player who doesn't grade as well for us, but gets a ton of sacks because of all the cleanup stuff he might get in that defense. Um, That, that I don't mind at all. Uh, Obviously Jaguars too. Um, Okay. Just a little bit. I, sorry, fun. I was trying to. I was Have preparing. I was preparing my next point. Okay. I'm sorry. Here's the one that's interesting to me because this is a player we know why he's picked number one overall, and he has not been uber productive in his career from a sack standpoint. But he did have. Are you going to bring up Jadavian Clowney? A, a good season. Um, he did have a good season this year for the Browns. And and it was somebody that, like, you know, 2.5, he had nine sacks this year for them in 14 games, which is a, you know, almost his career high. Um, kind of a dysfunctional place in Cleveland. Played across from Miles Garrett. Uh, so got some help for the first time in his career. You know, he had Watt, but Watt was more of an interior mm-hmm. guy. Clowney, 2.5. 
combine score. So he's two and a half standard deviations better than the average athlete. He's only 29 years old, so you get four years mm-hmm. on on Miller. You get three years on Jones. You obviously have the injury history, and you obviously have you know issues. People have always brought up sort of his effort and stuff like that. I think you're going to get a discount, though, on him more than you're going to get a discount Even on some of these other numbers? guys. See, that was the thing that I was going to ask you about. With me, Jadavian Clowney is a guy that I'm probably not going to touch. And the reason for that is not that I wouldn't love having him on my team, but the first overall pick, like literally I still think that that Michigan, that play against Michigan still helps him get more money somehow, some way. Um, and the fact that he had nine sacks last year, um, I think it's going to make it tough for a team and him and his agent to agree because I believe his, him and his agent are going to come in and go, look, he's ready to be he's a number finally, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's a number everybody. one guy again. And I'm not paying him to be a number one guy. I'm just not doing it. Um, I would look, you know, potentially to a team that needs, that feels like they're a really strong number two option away, (laughs) right? Which isn't a lot of teams. And then I'm offering him like a one year, you know, 12 to $15 million deal. Um, uh, Yeah. So, so the thing with Clowney that I think people forget about um, that is really important in the context is that he is a fantastic run defender. mm -hmm. And so... I, that that to me might be that might be where this issue comes about because you know after he had the three sacks for the um, Seahawks in 2019, but he was a fantastic player for them. He, mm-hmm. he got pressure, he stopped the run, and then there was the there was sort of there were questions about whether the Chiefs would sign. He had he had he was well into June before anybody gave him a look mm-hmm. in 2020 because it was sort of this hard nut to crack. He was not a productive sack guy, so it was hard for people to spin in. And, and I've tweeted this out before, but you look at you know what teams pay for. They pay for sacks first, then they pay for pressure. So he was, but then he, he was this great all around player. And then as Brad Spielberger has noted, and, and uh, our, our intern, by the way, congratulations to Zach for getting a job with the Eagles, uh, pointed yeah. out your draft status come travels with you throughout. So he's this like weird, problem so the moment he gets the nine sacks again he probably is going to get paid in that 15 to 18 and a half million dollar range the question is is that 29 years old is he worth it because i look at other players here so we already talked about agba agba's 28 hmm. um our fourth highest rated edge is greg uh, randy gregory who um has a higher actually projected pressure rate and sack rate than chandler jones at 29 years old a guy who has, you know, former Nebraska Cornhusker, freak athlete, you know, thought of, but has never been able to stay because of things like drug abuse and and getting in trouble and things like that. Do, is that where you're going to get a value in this edge class? Is somebody who has kind of has not been reliably on the field, but when he's been on the field, has been a very explosive been pass really rusher. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Let me give you a couple of dark horses in this defensive line class and where they could go. And I just think that there's um, there are a couple here on the interior. And I look at a team like the Buffalo Bills who could use some interior um, strength. And two guys that are you know both in their um, 30s, Akeem Hicks and Clayus Campbell, and you know both of whom have played really well. Like. Calais Campbell is a top 10 graded interior defender um, yeah. last year, was two years removed from being top five. Um, Akeem Hicks, who is, you know, continually when he's been on the field in Chicago has been awesome. Yeah. And that's saying something because Chicago sucks <laughs> and still goes out there and balls out. Um, I would be very interested to see if the Bills go shore that up a little bit. It probably won't be the sexiest signing out there, but I always think those kinds of things can really you know, help uh, the bills are right there, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, this isn't stopping them from giving up a, <laughs> you know, 13 second field goal to the chiefs, but something that over the course of the season, I think. What, what did we talk about there. last week with the bills? You said the bills are never desperate. The bills are one of the true. It's a good point. The bills are one of the well, most well-constructed rosters in the NFL because they're always a year ahead. So like you think about like Gabriel Davis, four touchdowns in the AFC divisional round. Where was he drafted? He was drafted in the fourth round a year before, back when they had John Brown on the team, when they had Cole Beasley on the team, when they just acquired Stephon Diggs. And they're thinking about maybe if Diggs falls off a little bit, he's our one. He's our this. They drafted Marquez Stevenson, a very good like receiver return man in 2021, in case Cole Beasley ever decides to flake out and they need a slot guy. They're always a year ahead. I think that puts you in a position 
because you're never that strapped. And I'm looking at Buffalo here. Um, they're uh, they're actually well. They have some work to do, but they have a high quarterback contract, right? That can and they do have some flexibility there. When the Ravens traded a fifth-round pick for Calais Campbell, it was sort of this perfect thing where the Ravens are a well-constructed roster. They're not desperate for anything. So when they go to a team like – when they go to the Jags and say, hey, what, we want Calais Campbell, like, oh, it'll be a third-round pick. They're like, okay, and they hang up the phone because they don't need Calais Campbell. Mm-hmm. Calais Campbell's amazing, but they don't need him the way that, like, you know, some teams need corner help or some teams need edge help. And I think like Hicks is like that perfect situation here. Whereas if he doesn't attract a, a, a big contract in free agency because he's 32 years old, uh, um, yeah, he like the Bills can sort of like wait it out and then sign him at the very end and be like, hey, you're on your way to the Super Bowl. We're favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, and I think like obviously that helps when you're never desperate for that. You know, he had Ed Oliver in the draft. You have uh, other players who are pretty good. You add him there, you're, you're doing really well. The Bills brings me to one more player who's our 39th ranked free agent and somebody who as a Kansas city chiefs fan, I would love for them to sign. And that's Jerry Hughes. Oh, see that this is the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) I knew we were getting somewhere. So, so part of me, obviously Melvin Ingram is great. Uh, He's only 32, right? Everybody mm-hmm. looked at him like he was this old fat guy that yep. was rushing the passer at the end of the year, but he's really like, you know, the same age as, as Chandler Jones. Jerry Hughes is 33. He, we have him, like Jerry Hughes, when he came out, has a, had a 2.3 combine score. He has very similar combine score to Von Miller and Jadavion Clowney. The guy is a freak. And he's one of those that's always going to age well. Bills probably don't want him back at this point. And the Chiefs shouldn't want him for full-time duty. And they should still have, like, a full-time player playing, uh, you know, edge, you know, to set the edge and Mm -hmm. and play run defense and stuff. But I kind of like Jerry Hughes to the Chiefs. Is that the missing piece? Well, no, but they they have a few missing pieces. It'll be funny next year when they have Jerry Hughes and Eric every weekend. The reason you want Jerry Hughes is because, you know, it'll be, a you know, pennies on the dollar compared to Frank Clark. And you just want to sit here with me every Sunday night and talk about how, how I, I, yeah. How, just like I, I texted somebody like last year, I was like, Hey, go after Melvin Ingram. And they're like, yeah, we don't have enough money. And then week eight, it was like, okay, chiefs trade for Melvin Ingram. It's like, take a bow before we get to ball sack or just whack. The forecast is sponsored by Western and Southern financial group. We, you've got a lot going on, right? You've got your fantasy team. You've got your bets. You've got your actual NFL team. You don't have time to figure out your money. And that's why Western and Southern is there to help you figure that out and sleep at night knowing that you're in good hands. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, you know, wondering how to make sure your money's in the right spot so that when you are ready to retire, you're not totally screwed. Go to westernsouthern.com PFF and get a game plan that's built just for you so that you can go spend your time with the important things like betting on the combine. Uh, westernsouthern.com slash pff okay it is time for our favorite new segment okay all right ball I, sack or just one. and so if if for the uninitiated i read off a tweet and george tries to decide if it's from this from ball sack sports yep or it's just a whack-ass tweet okay yep so i got one okay all right i'm ready justin reed hiring lovey smith a tremendous move for the texans not opposed to signing back. Man, there's someone out there that has that take. That's for sure. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that's ball sack though. Nope. No. You you're, you're finally you're, uh, you're, you're blemished. I was perfect. This is I from Pro perfect. Football Talk. Justin Reed actually said that about Lovey Smith. Okay. 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 All right. Here's another one. I know. I know. You're we battle- have to get going. You're here. battling back. We're okay. good. We're good. Breaking. Sources tell L. Richardson NBA that that James Harden has expressed frustration with the 76ers after his debut last night. <laughs> Sources say Harden is unhappy that Joel Embiid finished with more free throw attempts than he did and is questioning his future with the Sixers. So that's obviously ball sack. Right, well, so, so there's a caveat here. Ball sack sports retweeted it, but it originated at Nutsack Network. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if those two aren't uh, in in cahoots well, they're, they're, together, they're brother, they're brother, brother. It's, it's like Chelsea Football Club and the Russian government. Okay, and here's one, and I don't even know if the hashtag Vikings want to improve their defense, they should draft all Ukrainians. 
are, are you sure this isn't just your drafts? <laughs> My drafts? I tweeted some fucked up shit, but I would not tweet that. Uh, <laughs> this yeah, is that, Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune. That's a, real. A paper I was I, I read as a kid. I, we, we lost Jim. Wait, someone act like Somebody, a, a human actually. A, a blue tweeted check mark tweeted that out. You know when we talked about the person who wrote a poem to Putin? <laughs> yeah, that was worse. This is like this might be worse. No, no, it is. This is horrible. Yeah, that is. This is nice. this is a thing where like, if you have to bring everything back to football, that's pretty bad. Okay, one more. Uno mas. All right. Favor. Anthony Davis fell after surgery table collapse, spraining non-injured ankle. Davis is expected to miss significant time into early April. Full story. I could have believed so if it wasn't like the table broke, but rather that like he slipped on a banana peel, like I would have believed it because that's just what has happened to Anthony Davis. I mean, this is this is ball sack and it's well done by them. As a Lakers fan, I'm just I'm just tired. Man, I'm just tired. <laughs> the team looks tired. I've I've been watching basketball with the girls. It's, Lakers are on late. It's They're, rough. They man. look they look old, man. I I've turned from a Lakers fan to now a just like, oh, that they suck again. So now I've I've turned all of my I've taken my talents to uh Brooklyn Nets okay. hating. Yeah, 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 yeah for thing. sure. There's one more, but I'm gonna keep it for next week because okay. it's too good. Okay. Um, we're keeping it for next week. And we're going to roll into recommendations. I'll go first um, since you just uh, went went all in with ball sack <laughs> or just whack. Um, I have two for the people. So I said I'd talk about ma- the Masters, and I will. I made – I got back on the cooking train last night, and I made lemon pepper wings. And I was a little like, oh, that's probably going to be something that you make at home and it just doesn't taste very good because you're just like, you know, these three mm-hmm. random things you need that you don't have. It's actually super, super easy. I use the New York Times um, cooking recipe. They, one of the things that makes it really good is you add something called citric acid, which looks like salt, but gives it like a sharpness. It's super easy to make. I highly recommend it. Um, all you need is an oven and like four ingredients and you can make it work. I love lemon pepper wings, so I recommend it. Masters, I've started, I've put down a couple bets. I'll tell you what I've got so far. So the thing that I like to do for the Masters is I basically bet on a couple of tenants. One is that early on in the season, people overreact to players' recent form. Okay. 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 Takes time. Players like Tiger Woods was noted for this. Tiger Tiger would start preparing for the Masters weeks in advance and like would hit shots at other courses preparing for the it Masters. It's like Bill Belichick in the month of September. Exactly. Yep. The other thing um, is that players that do well at augusta national it's the same course every time there's a feeling there if they feel it they feel it and i want to bet on those players so a player that fits that mold is xander shoffle 16 to 1 18 to 1 in some spots both he and brooks kepka fit this this mold brooks not he's switched just switched clubs that's notable um and so hasn't played you know particularly well of late loves augusta is always a gamer. 16 to 1. I mean, love. Yeah. Xander Schauffele has consistently been a top five performer at Augusta. Loves that place. Guy's also a gamer. 16 to 1. If you're betting on favorites, by the way, in the Masters, you're a complete loser. Some longer shots. <laughs> you are. It's just, I mean, oh, I, like, you you're are going to bet John Rahm at 8 to 1. Like, he's world yeah, number yeah. one, but like, 8 to 1 is a terrible price. Jordan Spieth, 12 to 1. Colin Morikawa, 12 to 1. Like, you got to come down a little bit. Some other players that I like who have performed well there in the past and have some long odds. Scotty Scheffler, and I have not bet these yet, so but I'm just letting you know. This is, the, this is where I'm heading. Scotty Scheffler, 28 to 1. Will Zalatoris, who came in second, 33 to 1. Also plays golf with Tony Romo, should nice, be noted. Nice, nice, nice. Tony Finau, 35 to 1. All these guys consistently do well. They've consistently done well at Augusta. And then I have a super long shot um, that ah, it, there's no reason to bet this. It's like he's like 80 to 1, um, I believe. I'm actually not seeing him on my sheet right now. But that's Matthew Wolf. 
um, has yeah. not played well at Augusta. No reason to bet him. Okay. I'm going to do more research on that, and I'll come back. You're going to do your own research. Okay. Here's here's an interesting one because I am going to give out a bet today. Um, but I just looked at betonline.ag. Evan Neal is minus 225 to be the first wow. overall pick. Okay. So look at that if you want to look at uh, another book that has it over plus 100, like you're like you didn't get the best of it, but you're getting the best of it right now if you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually uh, and and this is actually you know uh, off of some um, that we had from Gordon McGinnis. Uh, oh, let's go! Our, our soccer guy, but I've made this bet, and that, in fact, I had a really uh, interesting day yesterday betting um, some college basketball for our friend David Silfaro. But I um, Nashville tonight. Wow, that's not that's it's not we're not going to be posted by then. I'm going to take Na- just take Nashville in the uh, in the futures market for the MLS. That's going to be my. I, I've done that. I bet Nashville tonight. What probably. are they to win? The MLS Cup, uh, somewhere like twenty, uh, I think. Uh, okay. I could be wrong. PFF um, soccer data, by the way, coming yeah. your way soon. So, so I and this was a bet like I had I um, that I'm taking tonight is uh, Nashville SC basically plus two fifteen to win outright against Seattle. I kind of like betting underdogs slash the draw in places like MLS. Uh, it, it does okay, um, and, and that's so that's I guess my general advice. My my recommendation for a a something as I watch this with my wife and she she likes she really thinks this guy's funny and I he's come around for me. Uh, it's on it's on Amazon Prime. Jim Gaffigan, Noble Ape. Okay. I, Not, I is that an NFT or <laughs> no? But he he's extremely funny. He's a little bit he's like he's a little bit uh, you know he's a little bit different than what I normally like. But I thought he was hilarious and uh, obviously um, I think he's good. F- He's often he's not like dark or anything, so it's you know if you want to watch it around your kids and stuff, like you know it's it's perfectly acceptable. So, uh, Jim Gaffigan, noble ape, love it. That was our podcast on Wednesday. We'll be in Indianapolis. See you then. Peace.